What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Brandon, brand new Stevens. Uh, Thank you to my returning listeners. Welcome to those of you here for the first time. This week's episode is going to focus mainly on my perspective as not only a white man, but as a certified New Jersey State EMT uh, first responder. This is my take and my perspective on the events surrounding the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, this past Monday. Two nights ago in the United States, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a white police officer killed a black suspect by putting his knee on the suspect's neck The video goes on for eight minutes. The suspect is recorded by bystanders asking, please, I can't breathe. Please, I'd like some water. Please, eight minutes. Uh, the, the, The suspect, Mr. George Floyd died with a knee on his neck. When my wife told me about this situation, I immediately saw it from a first responder standpoint because I am a certified emergency medical technician in the state of New Jersey. And I've been, I don't currently work there, but I worked there for three years, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, It was, you know, predominantly black neighborhood. And, you know, it's a city. People are people. It doesn't matter what color people are, but it's predominantly black. The police force in Atlantic City, thank God, is so diverse. They're fantastic. But I've been on many a scene as a first responder, as an EMT that's there to help people, right? Because I have to do a little disclosure. I'm not a violent person. I don't, I've never been in a knockdown, drag out fist fight in my entire life, even in elementary school. I ran, fight or flight, a lot of the times I ran. I've wrestled with people, I've talked a lot of shit, I went through that middle school phase trying to be tough, but when it came down to it, even if I was punched, I was punched a couple times in different situations, I was too afraid to fight. And I was afraid to hurt someone else and to be hurt. I was afraid to disappoint my family, but most of all, I was afraid that allowing that into my life would just continue that cycle. I was afraid, like, let's say, because there were some times that I was bullied and I really felt like this is it. Like, I thought about it for like a month, like a long time. Like, I'm going to have a fist fight. Like, that's the only way to stop this. But I also felt so afraid because I was so angry and I had like visualized the fight so many times in my mind that I like I was afraid that I would either seriously hurt this person or um you know like I would just win and they wouldn't be able to take the fact that me like kind of nerdy beat them up and that I would get jumped and I'd have to be afraid like even winning the fight in my mind just brought on more fear I didn't want to do it. So I'm not like, I don't seek out violence. I try to avoid it at all costs. I don't even like to argue. I would, I would much rather, you know, diffuse 
your anger with like love and let's get to the truth of it together like you're angry i understand like well let's talk about it Yay! you know so i was thankful when people reached out to me about the episode um but i my, my wife told me like a white cop killed a black police officer um, a, a white cop killed a black suspect i was like all right well we don't what happened like i i don't know anything about the scene you know i've been on many scenes where uh, either a suspect is in custody and the police are in charge. Like, we don't treat them until the scene is safe. Once the scene is safe, we can treat the suspect when they're no longer a threat to themselves or others. And that's the only time we wouldn't be able to treat a patient if they're if the scene is unsafe, you know? Um, now, if we're in a scene and it becomes unsafe, we're, the EMTs are trained, we're able to restrain a patient and we're, it, it's not, you know, it's like soft restraints only that the agency I worked for, it's not like leather and lock and keys or cuffs or anything, but like we have measures in place where we're able to keep ourselves safe. If someone is like on drugs or has a weapon or like I'm working in Atlantic city, you know, it's dangerous. So I have been on scenes before where it did not end, it didn't go well. One time I was driving to a scene and it is a call for um, an unconscious person, possible alcohol related, right? So we show up, the police are already there. Uh, they tried to get the person up, but he wouldn't become conscious, alert, and oriented for them. When we showed up, we tapped him on the shoulder and he opened up his eyes and he was able to tell us his name and he stood up and got on the stretcher. So we recalled the paramedics, um, got him on the stretcher. Now I'm working with a, a female who's, you know, several inches shorter than me, you know, tens of pounds less than me, I don't know, but smaller. It's her turn to be in the back with the patient. So I'm driving to the hospital, to Atlantic City Hospital, and as we're pulling in to the parking lot, I hear my partner start to say, sir, you have to keep your seatbelts on. Sir, you can't, you know, unbuckle yourself. On this. We're gonna take the stretcher out of the ambulance, sir. So as I'm getting out of the ambulance, I'm walking to the back and I open the door and my partner is trying to put the seatbelts on to the patient. And I step in the ambulance and he he's not there. He's, he's, he's his his body was there but his his he was like fighting but he wasn't fighting my patient like he was like all clearly altered he didn't know what was going on and he was like wrestling with shit that wasn't there well my patient i'm sorry my partner steps in and tries to do his seatbelts, and i'm stepping into the ambulance at the same time and the guy like basically pushes her throws her across the bench seat and she flies into the wall of the ambulance so i'm like oh my god this is not safe at all i grab both of his wrists and the second i grab his wrists like i feel that his body temperature is clearly elevated and i feel his pulse i feel his pulse by gripping his wrists and it's like racing and i smell a strange smell on him i like immediately, not consciously, I wasn't able to think of it, but like I recalled stories of other EMTs being in situations where patients have a strange smell and they're sweaty 
and their pulses elevated, and they seemed to be fighting things that aren't there, and it turned out to be PCP, and those patients were stronger than ever, and they fought for their life, and I start this guy and all this is happening in in tenths of a fraction of a hundredth of a second and uh, before i know it we're wrestling around in the ambulance and he's he's clearly sh stronger than me like we're about the same size but it, it was unreal how unevenly matched we were and i was strength training pretty regularly at that time like the big compounds deadlift bench press overhead like i was all right and strength um and this guy I, I i felt like i was fighting for my life my female patient runs in the hospital now at this time this guy and i are just i i have his wrists and he's sweaty and he's we're wrestling around in the back no punches are being thrown i'm terrified that the second i let go of his wrists he's going to grab me and i will be like my throat or um like it's fight or flight complete took over i was terrified that I was going to be killed. I felt like I was, I've never been in a fist fight before is what I'm saying. I avoid it at all costs. I'm like, I don't know what'll happen. Like the fight club, how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Like that's probably maybe one of my biggest regrets that I didn't just see what happened and throw down and have a fight when it didn't really matter. But maybe it always really matters and maybe I'm glad I didn't fight. And I didn't punch this person. And this person didn't punch me. We were just both afraid. I was afraid of what was happening in that moment. He was altered, didn't know what was happening in the reality that I was a part of. It turned out he was on PCP and he was fighting some shit that wasn't there. But I happened to be there and we were fighting. <laughs> so some security guards come in just in the nick of time, but they're like walking out they don't realize what's happening it escalated so quickly is my point that it went from like him trying to unbuckle his buckles to my partner trying to keep him safe by keeping his buckles buckled to him throwing her across the ambulance to me trying to keep my partner and my patient safe by grabbing his wrists to me and him fighting for what felt like you know my life and this one security guard comes out he looks kind of slow and i'm like I'm like, get the fuck in here, like, help! Like, that's all I could get out was help, I think. And he became alert to help. So, long story short, five security guards came out, and it took all five of us to be able to restrain this gentleman. Now, in this situation, thank God, there were, because I was so afraid and so in the moment, I wasn't thinking, uh, you know, about, about anything. I was just about survival. And... And that was it. Um, I don't know if the other security guards felt the same way because they're trained differently than an EMT. Maybe they were thinking differently. Maybe they were calm and cool and collected. I was very afraid at that time. Um, they, we all worked together and got this guy restrained on the stretcher. Um, and thank God there were, there were doctors outside and other nurses on hand saying, that were not involved in the struggle. Maintain his airway, do that, make sure you do this. Oh, you know, you have to do, that. like they were guiding us through the process. In Minneapolis, Minnesota. This video, were these officers on scene in fear of their lives? I mean, I saw the video. It doesn't appear from my perspective to be a life-threatening situation. I don't know and 
I wasn't there, so all I can do is speculate as to how those police officers felt in that moment. However, I will say that I did read all of the officers have body cam footage, which will certainly come to light and answer questions in the near future. Uh, I, I have to admit, from watching the video, it appears like George might be a little intoxicated. I don't know if the initial you know, resisting that they're talking about him when he got out of the first police cruiser, maybe he was intoxicated and he stumbled a little bit. Because as soon as he gets on his feet, he walks across to the side of the sidewalk, no problem, and sits down. He's upset to be in cuffs, but he's compliant. And then as they pick him up and walk him across the street, I don't know if he has like a deficiency in one of his legs, but he is limping a little bit on his left leg. Uh, I don't know if he's intoxicated and that's a bit of, you know, a stumble, but as the officers bring him to the second cruiser that's across the street uh, towards the end of the first video, he does appear to stumble on the edge of the curb and trip and fall and almost hit his head on the back of the police cruiser. So I don't know if alcohol was involved in this situation. There's just so many unknowns for me. You know, perhaps George was diabetic and his blood sugar was low and he wasn't responding appropriately. Maybe he was slurring his words and the police thought that he was intoxicated. Uh, you know, maybe he had a stroke and that limp that I thought was maybe, you know, a, a stumble or a stagger related to alcohol, maybe that was a stroke deficit. The thing is from the videos that we've seen, we just don't know enough to speculate with any sense of accuracy. But what we do know is a white police officer killed this man, George Floyd. He, I said, well, you know, what do we know about what, what happened? We don't know anything. We have one camera angle. So I had to investigate for myself because I'm seeing it through the eyes of a first responder. And, and like, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sickened by what I see. I'm just, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm sickened. I am, I'm just, I'm sick. There's, there's, there's no sign of an altered mental state. There's no sign of a struggle. I mean, I'm not a trained police officer and I don't know police protocol and I don't claim to, but I am trained in CPR. And I know first responders are also, and a police officer is a first responder. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that, in and of itself, um, you have to maintain a proper airway. You can't have a knee on it. It just, it, it sickens me as a first responder. It sickens me as a human because regardless of the color of anybody's outer covering, like whatever the covering of your spirit is, because that's all we are. We're all spirit and we're all love at our core and whatever your core is dressed up as, like if, if you're asking another person, please help me, and that person just continues to have their knee on your neck when you're clearly not fighting at all, I just, it, my, like my, my heart hurts for those, my heart hurts for the family. My heart hurts for, 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 all people that feel affected by this situation because it's, it's a shared responsibility that we all have. And believe it or not, you know, if you do choose to go back and listen to 
my n-word son i think it's episode seven of this podcast variety show that episode was my attempt to take power away from racial slurs in general by bringing humor and love and light to a very uncomfortable topic and i know that i took a risk and i know that doing so was going to offend some people that misunderstood but but i that's me doing my part and in all my interactions with others i i intend to treat them as myself if someone asks me for help i'm going to do my best to help them if i'm able if i'm asking for help i would love some help in return and do know that if i ask you for help and you help me i'm not going to stab you in the back like everyone's just so afraid everyone's so afraid to be sued and and to be judged and you know i saw some awful stuff like i don't agree with what that police officer did he did not follow protocol he was fired I, another human being died as a result of his carelessness as a result of the carelessness of a lot of people on scene that day <sighs> i don't agree with what that police officer did at all but i saw people online releasing that police officer's personal address and his home information and his badge number with the insinuation of this person and or his family needs to come to some type of harm serious harm that sickens me two wrongs is cliche and corny as it sounds do not make a right if that police officer is harmed with anything other than the justice that we would all wish upon ourselves then true justice has not been served we need to want for others what we want for ourselves that man needs to be held to every degree of the law as anyone should be it sickens me that another human being had to die from the carelessness of someone else but on some real shit that happens all the time people are careless all the time and drive drunk and kill others people are careless all the time and overdose on heroin and hurt their friends and family people are careless all the time letting off weapons in public places and hurting little children. People are harmed by carelessness all the time and it always hurts. What's awful about this situation is that it's tied into the color of someone's skin. And what's awful about that, I don't know a thing about this police officer. I don't know a thing about him. He could coach an all-black football inner-city youth team on the weekends for all I know. His stepfather could be black. I have no idea. I have zero information about this police officer. Do you hear me? None. And most likely neither do you, except for maybe his home address and his badge number. So if someone out there that's listening to this by some chance happens 
to be thinking about some vigilante justice. Just think about if that's what you would want for yourself. Would you want to be understood fully? Or would you want some nut that doesn't know a thing about the real you to take it upon themselves to rid you from the planet and cause a wake of drama and tragedy and trauma in the lives of that person's friends and family. I don't, I'm upset this week, guys. I'm, there's probably not going to be any comedy skits. Things are fucked up right now. If you want to see it from that lens. There's a lot of listeners out here probably that have no clue what I'm talking about. You know what? I do these episodes weekly. You might not listen to this episode. That's fine. I encourage you to check out the others. Uh, a lot of them are very funny and cheery. A lot of them tell, you know, a lot of good stories. I have some interesting guests. Um, this one is just, man, this shit's heavy. That that person did end up being on PCP in the hospital, you know. I followed all proper. I wrote an incident report. I talked to my boss. Like, there's protocols. I just, regardless of what color somebody's skin is and regardless of what color your skin is like (laughs) just love 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 you know treat everybody like they're just an innocent naive little baby treat everybody as a little child don't talk down to them but like be kind and loving and understanding that we're all growing and We all, you know, I just, I wanted to, I want to give that guy the benefit of the doubt so bad from a human perspective. I want to give the police officer and the family of the police officer that killed George Floyd the benefit of the doubt. I want them to be loving kind, caring. You know what? I would even settle if this police... So I would even... Ho- I hope he had a drinking problem. I hope that they find out that this motherfucker was drunk on the job and that he didn't follow protocol because he was drunk and that was it. It wouldn't have prevented a life from being lost. But like, if this police officer's senses were dulled through alcohol and he made a mistake, like... That even somehow makes more sense to me than someone completely sober doing what I just saw on that video. I hope that he doesn't have an ounce of hatred in his heart. I hope that nobody does. I realize that that's not true. I realize that people are hateful. And I realize that people are hated. I don't understand it. Like... I get it, but (sighs) let's just all do our part. Let's just all do our part to love ourselves and love each other the way we would an innocent little child. 
And if we don't know how to love one another, like, let's admit that. If you don't know how to love, that's okay. But, like, the fact that you're even questioning whether you know how to love or not, that opens you up to a whole slew of help. That'll show you some of your unhealthy habits and attitudes. This is going to be about an episode for today. So thank you for listening. Uh, I love you all. I, I appreciate any comments that you might... Well, watch. I hope you hear my heart is all I'm saying. If you really have a question about anything I'm I'm saying and want to converse, I'm open. I'm probably not going to entertain trolls, but, you know, you can reach out with me. There's lots of social media. I'm on Facebook, um, on Instagram, at Brand New Jersey, at B-R-A-N-N-U-J-E-R-Z-Y. Uh, you can find me snooze button wake up at gmail.com if you have emails snooze button wake up at gmail.com all right guys thanks for listening the snooze button wake up show would like to send its deepest condolences to the surviving family of george floyd out of respect for his life there will be no joke of the variety show this week